Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in your impact and your leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Faith Jones. Faith empowers business owners with clear and straightforward legal knowledge so they can set their businesses up with confidence. She coaches them on a personal level to step into their power as successful entrepreneurs. She is a passionate, articulate advocate for women's empowerment and business leadership, and her mission is to inspire and equip women with the ability to claim full ownership over their bodies, creations, and deals to accelerate their impact and power. She is an international corporate attorney, author of the book, Sex Cult Nun, and TEDx speaker who capitalized on her unusual background to create her unique I Own Me framework that is at the heart of empowering all people, but especially women, to claim their innate power in business and personal relationships. Her goal is to see people united and empowered, offer the best chance for a promising future for our children and all of humanity. I am so excited to have you here on the show today, Faith. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, I'm really excited to actually start with this book that you've written, Sex Cult Nun, because it sounds to me like all that you are now here to do is rooted in something probably from your childhood. And so I'd love to hear a little bit about your background and how you came to this place where you suddenly realized that not only did you need to share your background, but also you needed to start helping others by building a bridge to get out of situations and into full empowerment. Yes. So the book Sex Cult Nun was just published in 2021. And it's my memoir of growing up in a cult. My family, my grandfather actually was the prophet guru of this cult. It was worldwide. It was, you know, in 100 countries, over 10,000 members for probably about 50 years. So it was very famous. It's called the Children of God, or it later came to be known as the Family. There's been numerous documentaries made about it. And, you know, quite a few people have written about it, but I didn't think anybody really wrote what it was like, kind of that entire spectrum. The group went through many, many different changes in its in its lifetime. And certain things that they taught and believe, believed, like sexual contact between adults and children, and 
you know, using women basically as like Christian prostitutes to gain members. You know, some of those were eventually banned over time, but there were other aspects of it that continued where there's still there's certain fundamental like wrong principles existed that continued to create this kind of atmosphere of spiritual, mental, and physical abuse. And so in the book, I describe my life, my childhood from a very young child growing up, very unusual upbringing in Macau and, you know, a farm in China and, you know, all of these experiences I've lived all over the world, Russia, Japan, you know, Kazakhstan. And I talk about that, and but I, I weave people through like exactly what it felt like to live in this group, in this organization and these different experiences and, and all the different violations that I experienced, which at the time I didn't know were violations. Right. Mm -hmm. I thought this is, you know, this is what God wants me to do or, you know, so, and then it wasn't until I got older. So I, I didn't leave the group till I was 22. And when I finally left, it was because I really wanted to get an education. And that was frowned on any kind of outside influence, outside books, outside schooling. We didn't hold outside jobs. Everybody lived communally and shared, you know, everything. People would go out and raise money with from donations that you lived on. So people lived very, very basic, very poor generally. And it was a tough life, but we weren't supposed to have, you know, we we're supposed to marry or have sex with or contact with people outside the group. And there was a small point in my life when my mother was sort of accidentally kicked out. <laughs> she had been forcibly separated from my father. And this was something they would do. They would separate couples when they didn't want to be separated. And it was like, you had to show your commitment to God that you were willing to give up your spouse and your children. And she's been separated from my father. And myself and our younger two children were sent to America. And then we were kind of accidentally excommunicated because we couldn't find a home that would take us in a single mom and, you know, three kids. And I was 12 at the time. And so we spent almost a year trying to live and, and my, my mother couldn't support ourselves. We ended up living with my grandmother. And that was the very first time I went to school. And I went to one semester of school in the eighth grade. And, but before that, like we were trying to live in this camper and, I was like literally in parking lots with a can begging to feed my baby brother and sister and my mother and myself, you know, so we could get enough money to buy mac and cheese. Right. And that experience just had a really strong impact on me. I was 12 at the time. And when we later on, my father came and got us and brought us back to where we had been living in Macau. And, you know, we went back into the group again. But I think after that, both my mother and I, we both understood that this group, this thing was not, it was not for sure. And it was definitely not, you couldn't trust it, right? Mm -hmm. We really, we understood that there was, a, there was, you couldn't trust, you couldn't trust well, there, these people. There was enough exposure, enough like time, it sounds like outside to get maybe new perspective, right? Would you say that would be the case? I think somewhat, yes. Not enough to kind of, overcome, you know, all of those other years, right? Right. But at least it gave it a glimpse of that life right. outside and what it was like to not have that support structure and not be able to take care of yourself. I mean, my mother was very scared. She couldn't take care of us. She, you know, had barely finished high school 
when she joined the group, she didn't even have really a high school degree. So she couldn't get a job that could support us. Easily manipulated. All right. So Faith, I'd love to have you fast forward to you ended up going, you ended up extricating yourself at 22 and somehow somewhere along the the way have become an international corporate attorney. So if you could give us a little bit of that part of the story, and then we can talk a little bit more deeply, maybe on the other side of the break about your framework and what you're actually helping people to do. So if you want to give us that part of the story, because I think, you know, one of the things that's interesting about my guests who come on is there's there's a, a typical storyline of somehow getting liberated from something that's not working into what your actual path and your actual purpose is. Yours, of course, is extreme. But, you know, what I would love for you to focus on for us now is like the turning point, what happened, you know, did you make a decision? Was there some kind of outside intervention? And what like literally put you on your authentic path of divine purpose, shall we say? Absolutely. So I was 22 and I was living in Taiwan at the time. I was living in in a commune and I actually started to become depressed. And it's not my typical nature. I'm usually very positive, you know, knock me down. I get back up, keep going. And this feeling of just wanting to cry all the time was with me, you know, day in, day out. And I didn't understand it. And of course, we didn't believe in depression. (laughs) So it was just being unyielded to God. So um, I knew that I had this strong desire to go to school. I always had this deep curiosity. I used to sneak books. I used to sneak novels, even though we weren't allowed to read them. I actually did put myself through high school with a correspondence course when I was a teenager, not really with the approval of the group, but just my mother, you know, helped me get the books. So I really wanted to go to college and that was frowned on. And that was really what drove me eventually. Just, I I didn't see a life for myself that I could face. And that's really what depression is when you don't see any good choices for yourself. So I had to make the biggest decision of all, which was to just leave everything behind I'd ever known all my support structure. I had no money. I hadn't, you know, and just leave and, you know, go find a way. I like taught English in Macau for a summer to make enough money to buy my ticket to fly back to America where I had relatives and I, you know, could try to go to college. So yeah, that was, that was that, that big, you know, decision, that moment. And so I went to college and I actually had to go to community college first because they didn't have any I had no academic record to apply to a four-year college, but just that determination, you know, and I want to tell people, I want to tell women, and there was other women, young women my age who left after I did. And I I remember I took my best friend down to the community college. She had three kids at the time. And I was like, I'm going to sit out here with your kids and you're going to go sign up for classes. And she later became, you know, a registered nurse. So she did very well. But that fear when you're coming out of something like that, I don't have an education. I never got this a lot of when people who left had that and to know, you know, there is financial aid, there is, you know, you go down and just talk to a counselor at a community college, you can get enrolled, you can, you know, just start that process, you never know how far you will go. And mm-hmm. I ended up going to Georgetown and graduating top of my class. I ended up going to Berkeley Law School, I ended up working for one of the biggest law firms in the world, one of the top law firms in the world, Skadden Arps. I did international billion dollar M&A deals, Skype 
you know, I worked in Hong Kong doing M&A and IPOs. So it's quite a journey. Quite a journey. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So just for our for our listeners who may not know what M&A and IPO stands for, and M&A is mergers and acquisitions. And that's when gigantic companies make a marriage with one another or they acquire one another. And IPOs are initial public offerings of stock when a private company is going public. We have listeners in 101 countries around the world. So <laughs> maybe not everyone knows what M&A means. So Faith, we are going to have a quick break, but when we come back from the break, what I really would like to have us dive into is this idea of self-ownership that also has precipitated your I own me framework. But right now we are going to take a quick break. Wickedly Smart Women, we need your help. If you're enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. And we want to thank everyone who has already done so. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show. And I want to just insert something here. Faith really wanted to learn. And even though she had to probably sneak it, her mother helped her to learn. And so I want to really underscore and highlight that we do have the ability to support and help one another, even when it goes against whatever the structures or the conventions or the 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 belief systems are of where we are in the present moment. And I, I feel like it's Faith's strong calling to actually educate herself first that really was the, the catalyst to get her out of that situation. So I want to just underscore that here at the break. And I do want to say thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are welcoming thousands and thousands of downloads from all over the world. I just checked And yesterday it was 100 countries. Today it's 101. I don't know which the new country is yet. I have to go through the whole list and figure that out or have somebody do that for me. But we are now at 101 countries. So I want to shout out today to our listeners. We'll shout out to our listeners in some of the places that Faith mentioned, which would be Russia and Taiwan and China. And I think Kazakhstan is on here too. And Macau. Macau is not on this list. So maybe Macau will be after today's episode airs. <laughs> All right. So we'll be right back with Faith Jones. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition, women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com.
And we are back with Faith Jones. And you can actually find out more about Faith at faithjones.com. There, I'm sure you will find a way to access her book, Sex Cult None, but you can also find out how to access her services as a corporate attorney and a trust building tax deferring ninja who helps people, especially business owners, entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, to be able to set up things and structure things in a way that will allow you to have the maximum amount of financial resources available to you to invest and grow in your business. So before we went to the break, we were talking about Faith's break from the cult. Now I'd love to have you talk, Faith, about as time has gone on, you stepping into this role of really wanting to empower other women and what that actually looks like. And if you'd like to talk a little bit about the I own me framework, that would be great. Absolutely. So if you want to see my sort of my breakdown of the framework, you can go to my TEDx talk. It's called I own me. It's on YouTube. And also I wrote a book called I Own Me, which is on my website, which is breaking down for women, especially women who have suffered abuse, rape, child abuse, sexual harassment, how to take back that power in their lives, in their bodies. The I Own Me framework actually applies to everything in our life, to all of our systems. It is the underlying principles of our entire legal system. I just When I identified the core principle, it was like it all just opened like a flower for me, all of the other principles. And I created this incredibly simple, but very, very powerful framework diagram to understand what are the core principles in our lives, in our interactions with others. So the very first principle, our first right is our right of ownership in our own body, that each of us has a full right of ownership to our body. And that is the right to determine what we do with our body, what we take into it, what we choose to do as services, right? What we choose to give, who gets to touch us, <laughs> right? We have that full right to be able to make that determination because it is our property. And growing up in the cult, I didn't have that right. I was told what I had to do. I was told I had to sleep with men I didn't want to. I didn't, they, I was just deemed that your body did not belong to you. So that as a lawyer, I understood property very clearly. I understood property and contracts and I knew what those boundaries were. But when I took those concepts and I applied it to myself, to my body, it gave me such empowerment. And I find, and this applies to men and women, obviously, but I feel that men usually grow up with a much stronger sense of this self-ownership, like, you know, in the movies, don't touch me. Oh, he bumped me. Oh, let's fight. You know, you're not allowed to do that. And women, you know, you get groped and everything like that. And, and you're supposed to just sort of be like, oh, well, don't be a bitch. And don't, you know, don't make him uncomfortable by saying anything, right? It's all this. Don't make a big deal out of that. Yeah, don't make a big deal about it. <laughs> just locker room phone. talk. I didn't hurt you, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> And it's like, no, you violated my property right in my body. It doesn't have to have hurt me. It just, you violated my property right. You know, it doesn't matter. And and teaching women, it doesn't even matter like how you dress. That's never an excuse for rape. That's never an excuse for assault, right? And I, I use examples. I say, you know, if I paint my car a nice, sexy red, there's still no excuse for you stealing it, right? If I leave my wallet out on the table where it's easily accessible, right? 
doesn't give you an excuse to steal it, that's still theft, right? It doesn't matter if a woman gets drunk, you know, if you rape her, that is still rape, right? It's just we have these weird concepts around women and bodies because women were considered property for hundreds of years. So once we reclaim our own property, right? This is my sole property. You don't ever get to touch it without my full consent, right? And I means knowledge and not drunk and all of this stuff. So really taking back that that concept. And then when I watch how it flows into each area of our lives, right? Because if I fully own myself, then I fully own what I create, my creations, my inventions, my ideas. I fully own those. I should get credit for them. And then I get to create a good deal. When I talk to women, I encourage women who are entrepreneurs. One of the big things we face is we don't charge enough. We undervalue ourselves. We sometimes we don't even ask for money for all the stuff we do. And I'm always amazed, like with my partner, and I watch him in negotiations, like, you don't pay me fifty thousand dollars. I'm not even gonna talk to you. You know, you're not gonna, you don't pay me this. I'm not even gonna look at it, right? And you know, how often do we as women do that? We just we give, give, give. Oh, you need help. I'm gonna help you here, right? And we don't have this boundary where we say, no, what I am offering is very valuable. And he still gets on my case about it. He's like, you give away way too much information for free. (laughs) Well, you know, we've been conditioned to be volunteering. We've been conditioned to be the ones who hold together the social fabric. We've been conditioned to be the ones to be generous and self-sacrificing. I mean, those are all deeply, deeply woven into the conditioning of just the female experience. So absolutely. And so that's what I that's what I talk about in this book is what are those false principles? How do we spot those things that they sound so noble and they sound so good, but really it's an excuse to try to undermine you or to take advantage of you. Extort. How do you stop doing that? Yes. How do you stop doing that? How do you just claim this is my value? I get to set my price, right? And stop feeling guilt and shame and regret and all the rest of that stuff that comes with it. Yeah. You know, beautiful. Well, it's, I just had this little funny thing that happened in my head. You went from M&A, mergers and acquisitions, to B&A, boundaries and agreements. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, boundaries and agreements. That's I mean, great. that's what it yes. is. It's really that's exactly what it is. You've applied the framework, you know, in your framework, you have talked about boundaries and agreements and consent and all the things. And yeah, I want to also underscore for our listeners, because we have listeners in 101 countries around the world and different cultures have different belief systems. I, I think what I really, and, you know, even here in the U.S., we are right, right now in the dismantling of a lot of what we believed was settled law. So I'm curious, Faith, about thoughts that you might have where we, in this framework, the I own me framework, where we are empowered, even in the face of existing structures, maybe not supporting us anymore. Can you speak a little bit about that before we close? Yes. The, the un- when you understand the underlying principles, you're going to be able to see where the laws and regulations and the customs of where you live are actually violations. So many of our laws throughout history, you know, now we consider them totally immoral and illegal. Slavery, that was legal, right? And yet nowadays we recognize that that was false. And we are we are going to get to that point. When you understand these few principles, these five principles, you will be able to spot that. You'll be able to spot 
when laws are actually a violation, when traditions and customs are violating you, when even your interpersonal relationships with somebody you love, when they're doing something, guilting you into something, that's a form of theft, right? That's applying undue pressure. You're going to understand and be able to spot that. And that gives you power to act. That gives you power to explain yourself. That gives you power to stand up for yourself. And really, it's in that conviction of being able to stand up for yourself and explain yourself logically and clearly as to why that was wrong, why that is a violation. That is huge power. Mm, Huge, huge power. All right. Well, in the last few minutes that we have, Faith, if there is one thing that you really would like our listeners to take away from our time together today, either about this arc of leaving behind a situation that is disempowering and coming into your empowerment or around your framework or just simply around the work that you do with clients. Maybe a a quick client story before we close, that would be great. Absolutely. So I think like she said, one of the key things is getting educated. So you can go to my website, you can get the book, you can educate yourself, you can see the TEDx talk, you know, faithjones.com. And then on the other side, the other really key pillar for me was financial independence. And I recognize that without that, you're still subject to people taking advantage of you and abusing you. You're still not free. So part of my work is really helping people get to that financial independence much quicker. And one of the ways I do, I actually created a course called Financial Ninjas where I broke down like, this is what what you need to know to figure it out to how do you get to that point where you are financially free. And part of that is really creating the right structures. As a corporate attorney, I've dealt with every kind of structure, LLC, CQIS Corp. And I have discovered that really the most effective structures are certain types of business trusts, and almost nobody knows about them. So I help people understand how to get themselves and their lives set up into specialized trusts where they can operate their business from it, they can operate their investments from it, and they can defer their taxes, which means they have more money to keep investing and growing that pool faster so that they can actually live off of the interest that their money makes. And they can shift to not living from that hand-to-mouth paycheck to actually really living off of what their money is working for them, right? Mm-hmm. And and how to do that. And when I went on this journey for myself of financial independence, I discovered that almost everything that we are being taught is wrong. Almost everything we are being taught, all the things people say, oh, do a 401k, do this, do that. You know, these are the least effective and efficient methods of getting to where you want to be. And there are other structures out there that are so much better. I mean, imagine if you could pay for all of your kids' expenses in school with pre-tax dollars rather than after-tax dollars. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you could do that. That'd be like a 25% discount on everything. And right now we have inflation that's at 8%. Right. You know, and not going down probably anytime soon. So are you going to get a 10% raise at work? No, you've got to manage what you're doing. You're going to have to be able to cut costs somewhere. So if you are in a 25% tax bracket and you can defer a good portion of that tax, you're still going to be in the safe zone with rising but, interest rates and everything else. Yeah, and, and having that financial stability and, and liberation yeah. and independence. All right, well, beautiful faith. It has been a lovely conversation with you. We could probably talk for hours as is usually the case with my guests. 
And so listeners, please, we do love feedback. Definitely get in touch with Faith at faithjones.com and explore and educate yourself with all that she has available there. And let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes. You can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at weeklysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.